At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Women to Watch is an intimate look into the lives of prominent and influential women leaders from around the world and the challenges they faced on their journey. It's the real story behind her title. Join us every week to hear more stories about women from around the world and in your own communities at womentowatch.net. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC <laughs> Philadelphia and start streaming today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch. I'm Sue Rocco. It's always so great to be here. We have a great show lined up for you this week. Joining me in just a moment is one of our very own watch team members and corporate partners, Heather Fortner. Heather is the CEO of Signature FD, which is a uh, very successful wealth management firm. Um, I also had the opportunity to sit down with another one of our partners, CEO Madeline Bell of Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, uh, to catch up with her and see what's been happening with um, pediatric care um, since we've had the surge and, and of course, COVID. Um, as always, you'll hear from Sherry Morrison, our Lifestyle Watch contributor. And this week, she's going to be talking to Emily Salaby. And Emily launched a company. Um, called Juno Jones um, Shoes, and it's work boots for women. Great, great company. Um, you'll see a wonderful spot from Children's Hospital Philadelphia, and you'll also hear from Carol Eggert, Senior Vice President for Military and Veterans Affairs at Comcast NBC Universal. So now I'm very excited and honored to welcome to the show, Heather Fortner. Hi, Sue. Hi, Heather. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Oh, it's great to have you. We talked a long time ago, and um, I remember that conversation so vividly because I, I think what impressed me the most in our introductory call was your level of calmness and just <laughs> this really, you have just this um, very calm nature about you. And I do want to talk about that a little bit later in the show because I think we live in kind of a frenetic society and world and I and I wonder how you remain in that state of mind um but we're going to talk about a little bit about your background and the little Heather Fortner growing up um and one of the things you share very openly um is your background and the fact that you grew up somewhat 
poor, lacking in in some of the the basics, and and you recall that, and it's a big part of why you took the career path you did. So, um, tell me what tell me your the most vivid memory of you recognizing um, that your family was you know economically Mm -hmm. struggling a bit. Um, I have a vision in my head. There were probably two or three that I would say were pretty significant for me. One was my mom literally saying, uh, you know, we've got a couple of dollars for groceries this week. So we have bread and milk. And that's, you know, there were, there were just times that that was what we had for food. And so that coupled with my grandmother, my maternal grandmother was incredibly active in helping to support our family as well. Um, I remember it was always, they just, my parents did such a good job of trying to make everything um, such a blessing. It was so much fun because when, when it was time for school to start, we got to go see grandma because grandma would always take us shopping for all of our new school clothes so that we had good shoes and we had good clothes to start with. And I think just, you know, being cognizant, the older that I got of the fact that that the clothes were hand-me-downs. You know, there were several other uh, wonderful young women in our neighborhood that were a little older that would always pass, you know, their clothes down. And so it was just, I don't, I don't remember it ever being something that I worried about. I do remember it being important and being aware of it but I also remember that the communication around it was always hard in our home. And that piece, I think, was the most influential for me in how I wanted to move forward with my own life. Do you remember sensing tension between mom and dad? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There was always tension. There was tension, I, I think, for two reasons. Uh, and this, funny enough, is reflected in, in my education there was tension in just a basic financial literacy of how do we do this well and what are the basic core tenets of financial literacy? And then there was, how do we talk about it? Because it's hard. And so I have an undergrad in finance and I have a graduate degree in professional counseling. And my belief as I got older was that Money and communication are the two things that every single human on the face of the earth has to deal with in order to live. And so if we wanted to truly make an impact in our world and in our community and in our homes, what are what would be two things that we could focus on? One of those would be core basic financial literacy, and the other would be how to talk about money and it not destroy your family. Yeah, I, I feel as though there's kind of two elements there. One is, you know, and, and I think we discussed this, the importance of teaching children mm-hmm. from the very beginning Absolutely. about money because it's a major part of our life. And then the second is that openness of communication within yes. the family yes. to talk about money, that it's okay, it's not shameful, it it alleviates so much. Yes, and, and the thing about it that I find fascinating, Sue, is that communication about money is hard whether you have it or whether you don't. It doesn't, it doesn't take sides. It is hard. We have families that we work with, you know, that, that have 
problems communicating about it because there is a lot of it and and maybe the value of it. How do we instill the value of money into our next generation and our next generation? How do we talk about what we want this money to do over generations of time? How do we talk about the things that are important to us that we want to be sure are carried down through our family. Those communications are just as hard when you have it as as when you don't. And and the reality is that every person brings beliefs and and fundamental core feelings about money to the equation, to the table. Everybody does because everybody's got a story around how they grew up, what they were taught about money, what they weren't taught about money, the experiences that they have had around money. Mm -hmm. And all of those serve as base core beliefs that we all bring to any table that we come to. I'm curious if you see a difference culturally among different groups that are more open to discussing money and, 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 you know, within the family um, and, and other cultures that, you know, where it's kept very much secret. So it seems, you know, you just don't ever want to bring it up. Yeah. I think the, the most tangible difference that I've seen culturally has been around um, a need or a desire to care for family members. So within different cultures, there are very different norms around how money is treated and how influential the family is or how extended that family is in um, caring for people or, or caring for the family unit itself. And so I think culturally that it, as an advisor, as a team of advisors, as a firm of advisors, it's very important for us to understand what those cultural norms are, because as we're helping a family design their financial design and and find the things that are net worthwhile to them, it's very important that we uncover not only those beliefs, but those norms culturally. Yeah. Um, I want to go back for a minute because you initially went to medical school. (laughs) <laughs> so was, no, I tried. I was not smart enough to go. To no, 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 no. You're definitely smart enough. But what was it that didn't work for you? What did you know? There must have been. You must have recognized something. Though, nope, this is not where I am meant to be. Yeah, you know, my mom uh, was a nurse, and uh, medicine was just always something that I was fascinated by. The the helping. It's a helping profession, right? And I do believe that there are a lot of people that are fixers. They're drawn to helping and they're drawn to fixing and and helping people live better lives. And so for me, one, I couldn't do organic chemistry. So so let's just be clear about the people that in the world, the pharmacists and the doctors and the dentists, like I, I have immense respect because organic chemistry was not something that I could do. Um, but, but from a helping profession, I also wanted to help people better understand their beliefs, not just what ailed them physically. And so being able to, from a professional counseling standpoint, really dig into what makes people tick and how do you help people shift to a place where 
Um, they can look forward to the future. They can they can not have to live tethered to the past, and they can do things differently. Because again, if you want to make generational impact, sometimes you have to break generational habits in order to do that. That's a huge part of it is that tie to the past. That's right. And yeah, and and I know that a lot of the work you do is to help people. You know move forward. And that's just something we should always be doing. It doesn't that's right. help us to that's kind of right. work backward. Um, so from what I understand, you, you, you know, when you decided you were going to try finance, um, someone suggested to you an internship yeah. uh, with a, with a company. And um, I thought it was funny. Y- you were bored. <laughs> I'm sure you learned a little bit and you were there, but you were bored because you weren't building and creating. Mm-hmm. So what did you do next? Yeah, that's a great question. So let me be clear. I am my worst self. I'm a horrible human if I'm bored. Like it is just not a good situation for me. And recognizing that for me was important because it informed how my career expanded. Uh, and and in knowing that about myself, I was willing to really do just about anything in the sense of I want to continue to grow. I want to continue to learn. I've always been a lifelong learner. If I could go to school every day, I would. I love uh, learning and expanding horizons. And for me, I had an awesome professor. I was wondering, you know, what direction financial services is a very large industry, very large world that you could go into. And I didn't know how to, to navigate that world. And he said, you know, go do an internship. It was perfect. It was exactly what I needed to do. That led to the first job that led to the next opportunity really to go help build a company from the, from the start, from the ground up. And that for me was really the moment that I realized oh, oh, this is awesome. This is fun, right? I love to build and I just want to keep building. And so kind of figuring that piece out then helped me understand, okay, as long as I'm in a role where I can continue to build and I can continue to create and innovate and help to guide growth in some form, shape or fashion, I'm going to be my best self. And that that, you know, I've just been super blessed to, to be in a role to do that. Yeah, I, I'm curious, from what I've read, there, there's been multiple opportunities where you have said, I don't really know much about this, but I'm going to go do it. <laughs> like the CEO role? <laughs> so not everybody has that quality. That's a, um, sometimes it's naivete, which I think is how I've gotten some of my opportunities, yeah. just not really knowing. And, yeah. um, but yours, I think there's an underlying confidence there. And I wondered when, when did that develop in you, particularly with how your upbringing was sometimes there's embarrassment or shame in sure. that, but where, where did that come from? Sure. I love that question. Um, so first of all, I think that truly recognizing that I was not my best self when I was bored was part of that understanding that I wanted to do whatever I had to do in order to be my best self. But then, you know, there was a moment. So, so I got married and um, it was not a great situation and I needed to, to get out of, of the marriage. And uh, 
that was one of those moments where it's like, how did I, how did I make this big of a mistake? How did I screw this up this bad? Like what, I, I, I'm, what has happened to me? Like, this is not what my life was supposed to look like at all. And I remember there was a moment and we were in counseling. I'm, I'm a counselor, right? We were in counseling. We were trying to figure it out. After you got your master's? I got my master's during the process. Okay. And um, in that moment, I remember it was almost like a light switch went off for me. And the recognition for me was, hey, Heather, there is no one else in this world that's responsible for you except you. There are going to be people, no matter what you do, who are unhappy with your decisions, who think you should have done something different, who believe that, you know, you should have handled your choices a different way. But ultimately, you are the one that's responsible for taking care of you and you have to live with the consequences of your decisions. And in that moment, there was just this enormous empowerment of, Mm. okay, I can do that as long as it's up to me and I can make the decisions, we're going to be okay. Yeah, it's just sometimes, um, and I, I believe this, like things happen to us and they're meant to teach us a lesson. Absolutely. Something, something that hasn't yet clicked for us. <laughs> uh, what, would you, what was, you know, having to go through that, yeah. was what was it that you needed to learn, do you think? Trust your gut. Trust yourself. You, were, you weren't trust trusting yourself. yourself. Yeah. Don't, okay. You know yourself the best. Mm-hmm. You have to trust yourself, whether you get it right or wrong. Right. Trust yourself and make the decision that's authentic to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have to go into our first break. Yeah. When we come back, I want to talk about your first role as Chief Compliance Officer yeah. uh, at Signature FJ. We'll be right back with Heather Fortner. Action News, celebrating 50 years of AccuWeather. If you think severe weather has been on the rise, you are correct. In the last three years, tornado warnings in our region have shattered records. With 52 last year alone, half of those warnings resulted in confirmed tornadoes, including two extremely rare EF3s. Thanks for always trusting us to keep you informed. 50 Years of AccuWeather is sponsored by Independence Blue Cross. Choose coverage you can count on with the region's strongest network. Whether you're just getting started, Already well on your way, planning for your future, drafting your vision, growing toward greatness, or finding that dreams really can come true. Whatever your next steps are, we'll be right here with you, just like we have been for 150 years. Start here, grow here, stay here. Penn Community Bank, here we grow. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Do you stream on a Roku, a Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Watch Action News Live. And the big story on Action News. Plus special programming, breaking news, 
and severe weather updates. Tremendous amounts of rain. Always on. Always the news team you trust. Watch 6ABC 24-7 on your streaming device. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Welcome back to the show. I'm joined this week by Heather Fortner. Heather is the CEO of Signature FD, which is a wealth management firm. And um, she's also one of our corporate partners and watch team members. I'm very grateful for that. Um, So in 2005, you took on the role of compliance, chief Mm -hmm. compliance officer. Mm -hmm. And at first I wanted to know, was there an ability for you to be creative in in that role? Yeah, that was a fascinating a fascinating role. So in 2004, the regulations in our industry changed, which actually made that position mandatory in all registered investment advisors. So it was really kind of a a new field where we all had to have one. You you had to have a chief compliance officer. There, There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And so the opportunity arose And at the time I was uh, a a client service associate and the opportunity arose and they said, you know, would you like to to go get some training and actually uh, do this role? And I thought, well, sure. I'd love to go learn something new. This this sounds like something I'm I'm sure I can figure it out some way or another. So I did. And uh, that role for me was actually pivotal. So I held that role for 15 years as I also held other roles in the organization uh, until I became CEO. And the reason it was pivotal for me in my career was because at that time, it put me in the boardroom. I didn't have a vote. I wasn't, you know, any way influencing decisions other than from a, is this something that we can do or not, you know, from a regulatory perspective, but it put me in the boardroom to understand how the decisions around our business were being made Mm -hmm. to have input, to have influence, to see really, you know, what happens in a boardroom and what does that look like? And, and, how does it work, right? You kind of go in behind closed doors and everybody's like, what, what's going on in there? And so having access to that, that early in my career with Signature FD, which, you know, I have to say uh, it's 20 years this year is it was, it was crucial because I now chair the board and, you know, am, is sitting on the board as CEO. So understanding how that works and getting that access only because I was willing to do something that, you know, not a lot of other people were willing to do. And I was just willing to go head first and say, oh, we'll figure it out. It's been a wonderful decision. Yeah. I'm curious. I'm picturing you in that boardroom and you're observing and you're listening. And and were you thinking, you know, gosh, I wouldn't do it that way. Or I, I would, I'm not sure that's a good idea or the way to go. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, it must be- uh, yes, 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 yes. I am, I am not the best at keeping my mouth shut. And um, my husband would tell you that for sure. And one of the things that I've just loved about our company, it's been part of our company culture from the beginning is that we really value the diversity of perspectives. And so even if it wasn't popular, which I have a lot of opinions that aren't popular even to today. Um, it was still, for the most part, respected. And so 
really learning for me from the communication side of the house, how to present thoughts and ideas in a way that allowed for people to actually hear the true core issue and not just emotion or belief or thought or opinion, but that were well thought out ideas and innovations. And what if we do it this way? I learned a lot about being sound of decision-making sound. My, my coach calls it strong opinions loosely held. How do you have that space where you bring your whole self, but you are flexible within that space um, to, to learn with the group and, and to value everyone's perspective? Yeah, I think that's so smart. Um, I, I One of my notes was about how you talk about creating space and allowing for curiosity. Mm -hmm. um, I would imagine that would lend itself to employee retention because if they feel that there's a place for them to be curious that's and right. contribute and be a part of it, you know, that's really the secret. Yeah, I think one of the things, so first of all, I think, being curious is an art. I think it is something that it is a skill that you can absolutely develop. I think being curious about the issue instead of how people are reacting or responding to the issue, right? It allows you to attack the problem, not the person. I think that is so important. And one of the things that we have started to do as an organization, I'm actually in this season right now, is we have smaller town halls, where we allow the smaller teams to get together, they have an hour with me and there is no agenda. They know that they are able to ask any question they have about the organization, about me personally, as long as they come you know, with respect, that I will answer their question transparently and authentically to the best of my ability. And if I can't, I will find an answer. Uh, and, and I think that creating, being intentional, about those spaces and just holding them sacred. Sometimes they're hard conversations. I, you know, we all have things that are hard conversations, but doing them well and holding the space for them, I think has just contributed to a, a real culture of trust and authenticity within mm -hmm. our organization that I think most people value whether you get it right or not, whether you make the right decision at the end of the day, they value being valued. Yes. I think we've come a long way when we think about corporate and the CEO who used to kind of hide away in their office. And now, you know, it's just so much more of a collaborative effort as it should be. Yes. Um, you know, even though there are titles and levels, which there, there need to be. Um, I want to share this quote. You said, there was this moment when the rest of the world was falling apart and I had zero idea of what tomorrow would hold. <laughs> I knew without a doubt it was a moment I needed to lean in to generosity, not only to generosity, but to every single core value we had and lead well. So how would you describe your leadership style? Other than we just mm -hmm. talked a lot about that, yeah. but I think you're, you, you seem to have these moments of um, awareness, right? Um, and and then you decide to take action. So was there something you wanted to do differently then um, in, 
as a leader that perhaps you weren't doing before recognizing? Yeah, I think for me, it was a, a moment of, I remember specifically where it was and, and what I was doing. Um, it was June of 2020, and I had just been named president of the organization. And we were right in the middle of COVID. We, you know, the world's falling apart. I'm at home with a toddler who's compromised. There's racial issues that are just right in our backyard here in Atlanta that were very pertinent. And our team members were hurting. There were some people on our team um, that were deeply impacted by what was going on. And it had never occurred to me that I needed to be the one to speak into that for the organization. And that when I got called out on that and when people raised their hand and said, do you see us? Do you see what's happening? And do you care? That moment for me was, it was life-changing because yes, I do care. My personal mission statement that I have worked years to develop, it's so simple. It's just love and lead well. And in that moment, I felt like I was not doing either well. Mm. And so for me, it was what do I have to do as a leader to not only fulfill my personal mission statement, but to really help people understand that this, this isn't about just the business. This isn't about the number at the end of the day. This is about the humans. And so for me, that education of, oh, I didn't have the I didn't want to sit on the sidelines anymore and just watch what was happening. I wanted to get very educated mm -hmm. about what was happening. And I wanted to understand where I stood on the issues. And I wanted to lead our organization well through that time frame. And so there's just been some remarkable things that have come out of that time frame, just because I was willing to look at myself in the mirror and say, you're not being your best self. Mm. Go be your best self. Yeah. I'm curious how you, um, and I said this to you at the top of the show, one of the things I struggle with just living in the world we're in is <clears throat> everything is frenetic. Mm -hmm. We just live in this frenetic society. Mm -hmm. And you have this very calm demeanor about yourself. <laughs> and I want to know, were you always that way? Were you that way when you were little? Um, do you meditate Do you, in your DNA? Because I do think it's so helpful to be that way as a leader. You're, it's mm. just in front of you feel you're paying attention and listening. Well, thank you for saying that. I don't feel that way on the inside. I, I constantly kind of giggle at myself because I feel like a little bit of a hot mess on the inside. You would um, never know. Never well, know. thank you. I appreciate that. I think for me, as I've gotten older, so I had both of my girls very late in life. So I have a six-year-old that I had when I was 41, and I have a 13-month-old that I had when I was 46. And my husband and I experienced a lot of loss in between there. And for me, I think what I have learned through all of the that journey in those years is that at the end of the day, I know exactly what matters most to me. I know exactly how blessed I am and how fortunate I, I am to have not only 
the opportunity to lead such an incredible organization, but to have you know, beautiful children, a supportive husband. I'm just enormously blessed. And so the noise of life, the pace at which life is coming, um, I I work very hard to to say, you know what, the reality is if it's not one of my top three priorities and I've not created intentional space for it, it's just that, it's noise. Mm -hmm. And I want my team, I want uh, my family, I want everyone I'm with in the moment that I'm with them to know that I'm present. And that is something that I just held out as a belief of these girls are such a blessing to me. The, this team is such a blessing to me. These clients are such a blessing to me. I just want to be present in every moment. So it's very much, you use the word intentional, you know, often it's a choice. It, it is a choice every day, right? It is a choice every day, but I believe, I believe most things are a choice. And so, yeah. you know, I choose marriage every day. I choose my husband every day. I choose signature FD every day. I choose to be sure that I'm creating space for myself to be my best self, to be my best leader, to, I choose those things. I can make other choices. And there are times that I do make other choices because I'm tired or quite frankly, in my, my situation, because I'm hungry, because I'm always hungry, uh, you know, the, the tired, whatever it might be, I'm always hungry. Um, you know, I think that setting yourself up for success, I mean, it literally is that, that adage on the plane of you have to put your oxygen mask on first. Because otherwise you're going to save everybody else, but die in the meantime. And that alone, I think, just creates an enormous amount of chaos and panic that we we don't have to choose to live with. Now, it does mean that you have to say no to some things. And that's hard for people, especially when you want to make other people proud. You want to please people. You want to meet expectations. You want to do a good job. And so just getting really crystal clear on what those priorities are in your life, I think help make those choices for you. I think that that, uh, that real true understanding of everything is a choice really alleviates some of the worry. Um, but because we see, we're, you know, we're talking about noise and what's coming at us mm -hmm. on a daily basis as a mother um, of your two girls, what do you worry most about when you oh, think wow. about their future? Um, One moment that became very, very, it, it was one of those moments that I had to sit down and actually kind of process was um, my daughter, my first daughter was a preemie and she is very small. And for a period of time, she had to wear leg braces because she was walking on her toes. And so she wore these, she picked out cheetah leg braces and she wore these little leg braces everywhere. And she came home one day, she was in her car seat and we pulled into the garage and she said, so-and-so told me I'm not beautiful. Huh. And it, I mean, it took me so far aback around, mm -hmm. I mean, she was four at the time, right? And how early it starts around other influences, other conversations, other labels, other 
agendas on innocence, right? Kind of assaulting your child, right? In the sense of like her psyche didn't even understand what was happening. And yet at Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. My mother's heart knew exactly what was happening, but it was an opportunity as well to lean in and talk about what beauty actually is and that beauty comes from the inside and how do you be a beautiful person and why I think she's beautiful. And in that moment, I think the power of my words became so important because it is so easy for me to tell myself negative things all day long. You didn't do this right. You didn't do that. You weren't this, you weren't that. You aren't pretty. You, you aren't the, like the neg before you even realize what you're saying to yourself, you've already gone down the list. I'm too overweight. I shouldn't have eaten that. I didn't do this right. That wasn't, you know, and, and you've just negative talked yourself completely into the ground. And I asked myself, would you say those things to your daughter? Would you accept your daughter saying those things to herself? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, then you need to do something about what you're doing, because ultimately she's smart enough to figure it out. She will hear your words. She will hear your words to herself, to you, the, the things that you say to yourself, and she will apply them to herself. And so 
I think when I think about, you know, empowering them, which all of this is about empowerment. All of this is about, it's your choice. It's your life. You get to decide. You have the power to make the best choices for yourself and the experiences that you want. I think I want my girls to know that their voice matters and and how they define themselves is how they define themselves and not how somebody else defines them. And, and I think one of the wonderful things that they're going to have is you as an example. So in addition to your conversations and your words, they're watching you. Mm-hmm. Gosh, they, you know, the kids. Watch. Which is crazy because they watch everything. <laughs> Even when they, they don't miss they're much. Watching, they're in the other room and, the, you know, two days That's later. Right. Say, Why did you say? That's exactly <laughs> right. It is. It is. If you want to be authentic authentic and transparent, you know, have a, have a toddler in the room who, who can hear your words. <laughs> it's so true. Um, listen, I want to give you a, a moment to talk about net worthwhile because oh, that's a term that you came up with. And um, I want you to tell our viewers what it is and what it means. Yeah. For us, net worthwhile is simply the pursuit of the things that you find worthwhile in your life. Our job as wealth managers is to be able to take all of those things that you define as your wealth and build a design that helps you achieve the things that you find worthwhile. And so really digging in to understand what at your core what matters the most? What are the things that you find worthwhile at the end of your life? If you have done these things, you will have believed that you have lived a successful life. Those are the things that we want to talk about, that we want to design an entire financial world to help you achieve. And so for us, that's net worthwhile. It looks different for every person, which I absolutely love because every single one of us is unique. But the tools that we have at our disposal to use with excellence to bring uh, designs that help achieve those things you find worthwhile. You know, that's what we do. And it's what we do with excellence. And we're, we're super passionate about it. Yeah. Um, one minute left. Can you share something to leave our viewers hopeful about, um, and then there's a difference between the economy and investing mm-hmm. and finance and mm-hmm. money, right? Mm-hmm. Something that will leave them hopeful for the future, because we really are coming onto the other side of the crisis. We've yes, been- we absolutely are. And the beauty of all of this is that history informs the future, right? And so we were talking earlier about not living in the past. You can't let the fear, because the world will continue to turn. There will always be noise and chaos. We can learn from the past, but we always have the ability to shape our future. And so, you know, decide what matters to you and then go get it. Yeah. Excellent. Listen, it was so nice to have you and have this conversation. Thank you. Thank you. I know how busy you are and I hope your little one gets better. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Next up, Sherry Morrison will be with us for our Lifestyle Watch. We'll be right back. Action News, celebrating 50 years of AccuWeather. If you think severe weather has been on the rise, you are correct. In the last three years, tornado warnings in our region have shattered records. With 52 last year alone, half of those warnings resulted in confirmed tornadoes, including two extremely rare EF3s. Thanks for always trusting us to keep you informed. 
50 years of AccuWeather is sponsored by Independence Blue Cross. Choose coverage you can count on with the region's strongest network. Whether you're just getting started, already well on your way, planning for your future, drafting your vision, growing toward greatness, or finding that dreams really can come true. Whatever your next steps are, we'll be right here with you, just like we have been for 150 years. Start here, grow here, stay here. Penn Community Bank, here we grow. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Post Game Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Do you stream on a Roku, a Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Watch Action News Live. And the big story on Action News. Plus special programming, breaking news, and severe weather updates. Tremendous amounts of rain. Always on. Always the news team you trust. Watch 6ABC 24-7 on your streaming device. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Welcome to Women to Watch. This week, I have the pleasure to introduce Emily Solaby, founder and CEO of Juno Jones Safety Boots, stylish safety boots that fit women's feet, and host of her own podcast, Hazard Girls. Welcome to the show, Emily. Thank you, Sherry. It's such an honor to be here. Oh, it's our pleasure. Um, I've been excited to speak with you. You've done some outside-of-the-box thinking over the years, and you have always been an advocate for women and children dating back to your college days. Please tell us a little bit about your background and your love for shoes. Absolutely. Well, I started out in college as a women's studies major, and I was an advocate for domestic violence victims at that time. I later went on to law school, and I worked at legal services doing women's family law. And so it was sort of always my path. But at the same time, I've always loved shoes. And I've enjoyed wearing them over the years and even taking classes and learning how to make them by hand. Very interesting. So shoes are in your soul. (laughs) Yes, I have to mention that my great grandfather was a shoemaker in Italy. But that's very cool. What a great connection. Well, in 2009, you and your husband, Ryan, took a small truck and heavy equipment safety training firm and grew it into a national mm-hmm. business. And this was eye-opening for you as an executive going from office meetings to construction sites and wanting to be both comfortable, safe, mm-hmm. and fashionable. You needed a shoe to fit the different scenarios. Tell us how Juno Jones came to be. And the great name Juno Jones was, how, how did you come up with Juno Jones? Well, exactly what you said. I would be running from my office to job sites and I would be around all the heavy equipment. And I knew I had to wear safety boots, but what was out there wasn't fitting my feet properly. And not only that, but it looked terrible. 
I'd be dressed in my executive clothing and wearing clunky safety boots that made me look like I was in my dad's safety boots. So I knew there had to be a way. And I, I started talking to women in the trucking industry, but then in all kinds of industries, saw the gap in the market. And with the support behind me of all these different women and organizations, we launched Juno Jones. Now, Juno Jones, the, the name Juno Jones, as you asked me, is a fictional character that I created. It's the name Juno Jones is to represent the modern woman who is adventurous, not afraid to try new things and be out there in a man's, in a male populated field. Yeah, I just picture a, a really great looking gal with a cape on and her perfect work boots are flying. <laughs> I love it, the cape, exactly. It's a superhero name, isn't it? Yeah, it is, it is. This is wonderful. You are giving women options, acknowledging their needs in the construction, trucking, and real estate industries, and more. Um, it's a terrible feeling to be the focus of others because of something you're wearing. I experienced mm -hmm. it in the culinary world when we were talking earlier. It made me think of back when I started um, in kitchens. And, and I think it's still the same. I could be wrong, but the uniforms that we got, that we received when we started the culinary at the Culinary Institute, it was the same pants and the same jackets that the men wore. Uh, and believe it or not, women are not the same shape as men, especially in the hip hip area and chest area. So um, mm -hmm. it, it was, you, you just stick out like a sore thumb. Um, mm -hmm. And not to mention kitchens and manufacturing companies and warehouses. When the woman comes in, it wasn't unusual for men to kind of like look over and laugh at them because they knew that they felt uncomfortable. It was terrible. And the clothes being baggy and the shoes being too big are a hazard. You know, getting caught up in equipment, you know, dangerous equipment or whatever. Uh, you could never have baggy sleeves when you worked in the kitchen when you had all those sharp blades around and different things running. Um, so anyway, uh, you were working on Juno Jones just before COVID hit. How did you actually get the funds to get started and launch the company? Well, we launched on Kickstarter, which is a platform online where you tell your story, you explain what it is you're doing, and backers can come in and basically pre-buy what you're selling. So people come in and, and buy a pair of boots, even though they know they might never get it or they might get it in six months. Um, with us, you know, we knew we were going to be producing these boots. We had the, we had everything lined up, ready to go. So. Our backers came in um, excited to back us, excited someone was doing something for them, supporting us as a community and coming together. And that's how we did it. We, we launched on Kickstarter and it was that first day that we launched that we, I think it was 29 hours later we funded. So we definitely had the backing right away. Clearly there was a need. And then what happened during COVID because you right. got started right before COVID and then yeah. obviously manufacturing and, and all of the different um, things that you needed to make the boots, like there was probably no, there were no resources. Oh, yes, exactly. Well, so what happened was we, it was February 11th when we launched, which is International Day of Women and Girls in Science. And everybody remembers it was around mid-March when COVID really started to hit with things closing down. So we were still in the middle of our campaign. We hadn't finished it yet, but we knew we had funded. So all of our backers, they even though COVID hit and people were losing their jobs and trying to watch their money, uh, they they stayed with us. No one canceled. Everyone you know kept with it, and we were able to produce the boots. 
But like you mentioned, COVID did create some problems as far as our factory shut down for six months. Um, people were getting sick. And whenever someone gets sick, everything shuts down on the on the production line because no one, they don't want to spread it, of course. Uh, so yeah, it took a little while. But in the meantime, while our backers so patiently waited, our customers were so excited, um, we, we launched our podcast. So that's when we launched the Hazard Girls podcast. Oh, that's great. Good timing and a good idea to keep people engaged. Yes. So you're not resolving just uh, fashion issues. You're resolving a lot of issues uh, that women have in all of these different industries. And I love your mission, empowering women to have the confidence to enter the industries, mm -hmm. stay in the jobs. And once they're there, rise above and kick out those glass ceilings. Absolutely. And I know that diversity initiatives right now are helping, um, but it's more than mm -hmm. just diversity. This is having the tools to make the industry standards complete and leveling the playing fields. Um, mm -hmm. So what's next in your line of safety footwear? Well, we are here with women every step of the way as they enter all of these different industries. That's our goal. So right now we're very focused on, you know, a standard safety boot with a puncture resistant, a midsole, steel toes or composite toes and all kinds of features like that. But we are looking to expand into other industries as well because we want women to have options in all industries across the board. Sure. So let's talk about your goal of making connections with the personal protective equipment buyers. How do you go about doing that? And, and what can other people listening to this do to help you out? Well, many of our customers are people that go onto our website at junojones.com and buy the boots. But a lot of our customers are actually companies because companies provide stipends to a lot of their workers to buy boots each year. Sure. So, it, so our goal is to get in contact with as many companies as we can to get set up in their systems as a vendor so that their employees will have that option to buy Juno Jones boots. So you have the Hazard Girls podcast, and then you have, you're involved with a number of different organizations advocating mm -hmm. for women. And then you also have a mobile museum that travels the U.S. and is sponsored mm -hmm. by Ashton Thompson. Ashton is a race car driver. Can you tell us a little bit about that initiative? So we have a couple, we have a couple of different things that you're talking about there. The mobile museum is, uh, is with the Women in Trucking organization. And that is, a, it's called the Whitney. So it's the Women in Trucking Whitney. And it travels around the country and uh, with Kelly Lynn. And she shares all about women's um, careers in trucking and in the trucking industry. That's one thing that we're doing. And then you also mentioned we are sponsoring Ashton Thompson, who is a race car driver, who is creating her own team of all women and backed by all women businesses, all women owned businesses. Wonderful. I think that's fantastic. So, and and on that note, before we run out of time, I want to give another big shout out for you to Crew. Crew are the commercial real estate women who are listening. Um, there is a Greater Philadelphia branch, and it is also a, it's a very strong and supportive organization. And their network globally is over ten thousand members, and includes so many industries that could use your Juno safety boots. I mean, it's architects, it's builders, it's um, construction sites. It's uh, just real estate women, commercial real estate women mm -hmm. that are going from site to site showing people um, different properties. Um, Emily, unfortunately, we are out of time. Is there anything else you want to tell us a little bit before I send off our parting words here? We just want to empower women to advance in these industries, to enter these industries, to get involved, 
don't be intimidated by the fact that a lot of men work there. That's why we like to say male populated and not male dominated. Just because there are a lot of men there, that doesn't mean they have to dominate. You can do it too. Excellent. Well, thank you for your time and for supporting women in the industries everywhere. Thank you so much, Sherry. It's been a lot of fun. Sure. For more information about how to put it, put your best foot forward, Emily Juno Jones, Safety Boots, how to order for yourself or your company, go to junojones.com or email Emily at emily at junojonesshoes.com. Thank you again. Stay tuned. Sue will be right back to speak with watch team member Madeline Bell, CEO of Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Ladies, keep living your dreams. Action News, celebrating 50 years with AccuWeather. Over the last five decades, our winters have been getting warmer due to climate change. In Philadelphia, our average winter temperature is up five degrees. And we're breaking more record highs than lows. Thanks for always trusting us to keep you informed. 50 Years of AccuWeather is sponsored by Independence Blue Cross. Choose coverage you can count on with the region's strongest network. Whether you're just getting started, already well on your way, planning for your future, drafting your vision, growing toward greatness, or finding that dreams really can come true. Whatever your next steps are, we'll be right here with you, just like we have been for 150 years. Start here, grow here, stay here. Penn Community Bank, here we grow. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Do you stream on a Roku, a Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. Watch Action News Live. And the big story on Action News. Plus special programming, breaking news, and severe weather updates. Tremendous amounts of rain. Always on. Always the news team you trust. Watch 6ABC 24-7 on your streaming device. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I am so honored to be joined by Madeline Bell um, this week, the CEO of Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Madeline is one of our corporate partners, uh, and it's really a joy for me to check back in with Madeline. She was also one of my very first guests, uh, we think, 10 years ago. So that's pretty incredible. And a lot has changed, certainly, um, in the world, not just here in Philadelphia. And I guess my first question, Madeline, is if you could talk a little bit about where things stand with the viral surge that, that the hospital has experienced and pediatric care in general. Well, I think anyone who has a child or a grandchild or knows somebody with children uh, has probably realized over the last five or six months that they have been sick a lot. And as children went back to school, uh, we started seeing an incredible surge of uh, something we called 
RSV, respiratory syncytial virus. This is a virus that's been around for, I mean, when I was a nurse, we used to take care of patients with RSV. Uh, but this time, because children had been so isolated for so long, they got incredibly sick and then ended up in our intensive care unit with breathing support. Um, it really took us by surprise. And um, that surge really happened in the fall and then started to come down. And then we started to see a surge of influenza A. So it's been a really challenging fall and winter. Um, now we're seeing a little bit of everything, a little bit of an increase in COVID, still some RSV, still flu, and lots of other respiratory viruses, and something called norovirus, which is a mm -hmm. gastrointestinal virus. That is something very much in our community. Um, so it's it's been um, a challenge to sort of see COVID subside a bit, just and then to see this real blossoming of all these other viral um, surges. Um, you know, there was a news headline this week that, that you know, caught the eye of, of everyone with President Biden coming out to say that the emergency status will be lifted come May. Um, does that leave you hopeful that, you know, it will be back to COVID being another virus that perhaps is not as worrisome for us, just a part of, of life as the flu has been? Yeah, I mean, I think COVID is, right, going to be just with us for probably our lifetimes, and we will all have gotten it at some point, um, despite getting vaccinated, uh, and we will learn to live with it. And we have certainly learned to live with it here at the hospital. And when I think back, you know, a couple of years ago, or actually almost three years ago now, if that's possible, um, there was so much we didn't know, and now we know we're different hosts, it's a different virus, and we've learned so much as a as a healthcare sector. Um, you mentioned the fact that you were a nurse and for those of the listeners um, and viewers that don't know that you started as a nurse uh, at CHOP. Tell me how that has helped your role as CEO. I mean, that gives you a tremendous insight into the medical piece of it. Um, how exactly has that helped? Well, I think it's been really helpful because it, it gives me empathy for what the frontline staff are going through. I remember what it was like to work a 12 hour shift overnight. I remember what it was like to be very, very busy and um, you know to have really complicated patients. And so I think that's really important as I reflect and make decisions, reflect on my time as a clinician. And it also helps me because I can speak the jargon with um, you know physicians, any other clinical staff, and I really understand the medicine and so that's a it's an added benefit, I think. Can you tell me what you've seen from your own um, staff and team that has impressed you over these past couple of years? Well, you know, everyone talks about resilience, but I have to say I am so proud of the staff here at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, and they have just risen to the occasion time and time again from you know the original COVID uh, you know wave to subsequent waves to this respiratory viral surge to a you know number of different viruses, uh, they just do it with a smile on their face, uh, understanding that we want the patient to be at the center, and so I'm just so so proud of them. Tell me what advice you know leading during a crisis is a whole different ball game 
Um, and I'm sure that you've learned a lot doing that yourself. And what advice would you have for other leaders um, for leading during a crisis? Well, first to be visible. You know, I made sure I knew that people were going to be here 24-7. You know, they've been here. Uh, and they haven't been able to work at home at all, as you can imagine, in the last three years, never being able to work at home. Um, so for me to be visible, earlier today, I went on to one of our inpatient units and talked to the staff, made sure that I was during the pandemic, I would sit at the cafeteria and have lunch right near the cash register so I could see everybody and thank them. Um, and I felt like if I was going to be asking them to be here 24 seven, that I needed to be here and be visible. So I think that's one thing. Um, the other is don't, uh, you know, don't underestimate the importance of communication and doing it over and over again, many different ways, verbally, you know, through emails in person. Um, and I really felt like during the pandemic, and during crisis times that my role is to be the chief reassurance officer and to let everybody know um, that I'm here, that the leadership is here to support them. And I think that's really important. Can you tell me um, how the hospital supports the families of the children uh, that come to stay to be treated? Yes. I mean, in addition to taking care of them, you know, as, as clinical staff, uh, we want to do everything we can to normalize the experience for the parents and the child by um, supporting them. We have a, the Wawa cart. Wawa comes and delivers coffee and juices and supports our cart. And we take that around and it's free for families. And um, just something little like that goes a very, very long way. Um, you know, different amenities. And when things are really busy, you know, looking for opportunities for service recovery, um, meal vouchers, parking vouchers, those types of things, um, just trying to make it a little bit better of experience. And for the children, making sure that they have art therapy, pet therapy, you know, play therapy, music therapy, all the things that kind of help normalize the hospital experience. Yeah, it's those little things, isn't it, sometimes that can go so far um, at such a scary time for a family. Yes. Um, and my last question is, what can outsiders, people outside of the healthcare system, do to help support and advocate for the pediatric care that's so needed? Yeah, I mean, I think early in the pandemic, people recognized the nobility of, of being a clinical person, being a nurse or a physician. And I think that's sort of, you know, gone away. I remember walking to work and seeing sidewalk art, thanking the staff. And it just, little things like that went such a long way or people donated food for the staff or um, massages and things like that. And a lot of that has gone away. So I would just wanna say out there to everybody, you know, remember as maybe you're working at home or doing hybrid work, that there are people who've been at bedsides caring for sick children um, for the last few years without much of a break at all. And, you know, what are the things that you can do um, to help support them? Um, I, I so appreciate the fact that we have such great care here in, in Philadelphia. So um, it's wonderful to catch up with you. And, um, you know, kudos on the success. You've been there a long, long time doing something very right. Um, so congratulations on that. And we'll have you back again to hopefully when we're out of crisis mode. Right. That'll be a very different discussion, I hope. 
Yes, I'd be happy to come back. Great. Thank Thanks, Madeline. We'll be right back. We are CHOP. And we can't wait to show you around. We're the nation's first children's hospital. Now, a care network with more than 50 locations that continues to expand. Three state-of-the-art research buildings with 1.5 million square feet of space. We have grown from 12 beds 165 years ago to nearly 600 beds and one of the best children's hospitals in the world. We have a level one trauma center, 11 floors of patient units, more than 20 operating rooms, first of its kind delivery unit for babies with birth defects, a separate cardiac operative and catheterization suite, and places to learn, like our internationally recognized simulation center, we have trained generations of leaders in the field of pediatrics. We are world leaders in medicine, surgery, and science. One of the top recipients in NIH funding for pediatric research. In this building, pioneers in CAR-T therapy, mitochondrial disease, brain tumors, hyperinsulinism, and other rare diseases. Here, groundbreaking work in fetal surgery, genetics and genomics, and neurology. In our newest building, leaders in social determinants of health, clinical informatics and epidemiology, autism, trauma and injury prevention. Our patients come from every state and 115 countries. challenges requires the best and the brightest. We are passionate about pediatrics. We are motivated to make a difference in the world and in our community. We are a team. We are CHOP. a problem with a product or business, you can always call for action. And now you can help too. To become a call for action volunteer, go to 6abc.com slash call for action or call the number below. Join the call for action team today. Welcome back and thanks so much for joining me for another week of Women to Watch. A uh, quick note, I will be away next week. And when I come back, I'll be joined by Dr. Wendy LeBourne, who is a voice pathologist. Um, as always, I want to say thank you to Katiri for her great production skills and all of our watch team members. Have a great week, everyone, and go birds. Now the women to watch, military watch. Hi, I'm Carol Eggert, Senior Vice President of Military Affairs at Comcast NBC Universal. This week, our nation begins its recognition of Black History Month, an annual celebration of achievements by African Americans, and a time to honor the immeasurable impact that they have had on the history of the United States. Those of African American descent have a long and distinguished history in the United States military, defending our nation with loyalty, 
honor, and patriotism during peacetime and in every war fought by or within the United States. Their legacy of military service is rich with heroic stories of servicemen and servicewomen who fought to defend a nation that denied them their basic rights as U.S. citizens for far too long. Take, for example, famed Philadelphia businessman and abolitionist James Fortin. As a young man during the American Revolution, he watched a regiment of black soldiers marching through the streets of Philadelphia on their way to fight the British. James would later fight for our nation's independence in the U.S. Navy. In 1976, President Gerald Ford officially recognized Black History Month as a federal observance. He encouraged others to seize the opportunity to honor the too often neglected accomplishments of black Americans in every area of endeavor throughout our history. And speaking of history, the Museum of the American Revolution will open a new Black Founders exhibit featuring James Fortin and members of his family. The Fortin family's impact on our city is extraordinary. So to learn more, go to amrevmuseum.org. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.